Hey everyone, welcome to another special edition of the Excalibros. Hello. Yeah, there you go. Authority. Hello. Uh, authority, that's a that's a good word. Uh, Dan, today we're, we're talking about uh, another episode of F- Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three, Power Broker. Uh, it's our continuing coverage, weekly coverage, coverage of this series. Um, so overall, we've been liking the series. What did you think? Just general thoughts about episode three. Um, best fight scene so far. Um, the most obvious or possibly most stupid, the stupid red herring I've seen in a show in recent recent. Uh-huh. It's either the most obvious conclusion or it is a stupid red herring. Mm-hmm. Um, retcon, 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 and um, Madripoor. <laughs> 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 that's my thoughts i can sure, be, uh, I, I'll, I'll unpack them later yeah yeah uh i know some some sites were having oh my god they did this that means they're recording this and like it was really starting to get annoying but uh, i would love to hear what what recons uh you spotted i i really enjoyed the episode i thought it was fun it was a little more playful than i thought it was going to be uh i actually really liked the, the interplay between our two heroes and baron zemo i thought they worked really well together um yes. Madripoor was uh, a wonderful surprise. Uh, I really, really liked it, and I did think uh, the fight scene. I think we're talking about um, uh, which one—the one in the bar or the one by the container crates. The container crates, sorry. Yeah. Um, Sharon decides to like one up all of oh. the boys. By oh yeah, the yeah. Best, best fight scene. <laughs> and it was very obvious so that it was a stunt double. They never even got close to showing that woman's face <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't know. I totally believe that um, no, not at all. She even has like a different musculature, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's I, one I, point the where it's great. There's one point where she jump. I think she does like a sort of roll over someone or uh-huh. roll over something, and I'm like, that is that that is not the same size woman as right. like the second ago. Because <laughs> it's the classic. It's the classic. I don't know how much Buffy you watch, but the classic. Uh, right. The only time Miss uh, Michelle Gellar. Um, fought was when she fought with her hair, where she flipped it up to make sure that yep. everyone knew she was apparently fighting. Yeah, and classic hair oh. flipping. Like, Look, it is me. So. I, but it was the best fight. I did oh, like yeah, the far totally. fight, but it was like beyond, like um, just as on a choreograph level, like even with the CG blood, which I was actually we, we were just talking about just before we spoke, we were talking about how violent um, Invincible is. This is probably the most violent I think a. Uh, MCU thing has been because yeah, yeah, uh, even even when Hawkeye who should probably be imprisoned for killing minorities was murdering people in Tokyo mm-hmm. um, oh yeah that it, Tokyo scene that was totally shot in Japan yeah yep. definitely not on the sound totally stage in, a, in the back lot yeah. um, back lot of Japan but um, you don't really see much of his sort of like killing and I was quite surprised to, to see blood and actual like penetration in a lot of the sequences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was kind of like oh okay um that's a bit different for the mcu um for sure but no, it was really beautifully choreographed and it really helped sell um sharon as a viable asset slash uh character in her own right just as um she's just as kick-ass as the boys so yeah. and it was, it was very much the episode was very much let's revamp sharon yes and yeah bring, uh, you know more in line with what people would have expected of Sharon, Sharon Carter from reading her in the comics or just giving this show a, 
a decent anchored female character. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was uh, in those two. She was in Cap uh, 2, and she was in, was it Cap 3 or was it an Avengers? She was in two movies, but she was basically just like uh, blonde with a gun who kisses Cap once. There was no, there was nothing about the character. You, you knew nothing yeah. about her. Uh, she was Cap's beard in yeah. uh, Civil War. Yeah, um, basically. Just to prove that Cap and Bucky aren't sleeping mm-hmm. with each other. Even though this episode made me feel like Bucky is in, in, has feelings for men. Um, like I know it's like a massive upset all of the female viewership. I'll tell you because it's it's definitely the women that are enjoying Bucky more than the men. There was so much right. So there's like a, a a small minority. There's a there's a little joke going around that now Supernatural is gone. The um like TV uh, queer baiting has died, but Falcon Winter Soldier is turned mm-hmm. up with all the mm-hmm. queer baiting you can um shake a stick at. And there was a there's a definite sense that. I really feel I don't want to be one of those one of those guys, uh, gay guys that like, yeah, the, you know, I'm reading the meta, the subtext that I want to read. And he may be gay, but I was like, there's a definite feel that maybe just maybe he's at least bisexual. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, there's been no um, uh, hint in the in the movies that he's had any sort of uh relationship with a woman i mean he he goes dancing in that first cat movie but there's no i guess he does kind of flirt with agent carter but otherwise like there's nothing nothing going on with him his only real relationship is with steve like his whole life his only relationship is with steve Uh, and now that's been supplanted with with sam so like he's only got like two people to really latch on to oh god no, 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 that reminds me. I, I Hold thought... on, because he had that really awkward date with the Japanese woman at the bar. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it, there was no chemistry between them at all. <laughs> she was totally like, "Are, are you going to sink my battleship?" And he was like, "No, <laughs> um, just no." Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed. Um, it, for me, it, there was a lot of highlights. Zemo and Sharon stand out. Sharon. Um, is the what I was talking about is like the to move on um, into more spoilery territory with obviously saying sounds and it's a spoiler in itself. But um, the the whole who is the power broker, it is either the most disgustingly obvious, like it's Sharon, or, or alternatively, that is the worst red herring like you yeah. could throw at an audience, right? Because the fact that she like um, goes to uh, she lives in um high town in Madripoor where all the rich people live right. and she um gets in a car with like an assistant talks like she seems like an assistant right at the mm-hmm. end of the, the like mm-hmm. encounter with boys and it's just so obviously like and she's like oh I don't want to get I love my life here I'm like and like was it Sam says about her she's a she's a bit darker now or she's right. a bit more like evil right. now <laughs> like, I do like the idea that um because she survived she was in the um, survivors of the, the the snap so she was in the five year period um yeah. i like that she's lost like everything and it was nice to see a pick up the thread where no one else really had any consequences from civil war but poor sharon right had not like she lost everything and is a fugitive so it could be interesting to see uh it definitely is a, it's really te- telegraphed and if she's not the power broker or at least like working for him right um I- i'll be quite surprised <laughs> Otherwise, like, what what is she hiding? It's then it's just like nothing's been seeded at all for what it would be. <laughs> unless it's Steve, unless it's old man Steve. Oh, just like real. Oh, 
That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be very weird and interesting. <laughs> I'm working for my my uncle slash ex boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's disturbing. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. even worse than the comics, though, right? I mean, it's, oh, it's so convoluted. Yeah, um, and so like, weirdly, like he's just he just dates the same bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. What were the what what were the things that you really enjoyed or did not enjoy in this, this episode? <clears throat> oh no, um, I thought uh, the fight scenes would definitely stand out. I, I just really enjoyed the um the interplay. I mean, the interplay between Bucky and Sam was was great as always. Uh, throwing Zemo in there and giving him a little bit more of like a a, a fun edge to him. Uh, and, and just the, the way they played off of each other was nice. I saw a lot of comments like. He was so much more somber and dedicated in that first movie, but I mean, it's been however many years. Uh, his mission is basically uh, over with, as far as he's concerned. I guess. Like, I, I feel <laughs> like he would be in a different state of mind. He wouldn't still be like um, sobbing over his 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 family. I mean, he would still be sad, but you know, time has passed. He's he's right. put some hurt on them, so I would feel like he would have changed in that period. So I wasn't really that put off when he was. He was a little bit different than what we saw him the first time. So this is my retcon, 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 is, is Zemo itself. Because Zemo wasn't Zemo when we first met him. He was just mm. random dude that wanted to take revenge on the Avengers. Right. And what we get here is a, a sort of like almost prototype Zemo. Right. Um, like he even has like the fair with the, the dots in, the white fair with the dots in the collar that he uh, pops. Right. Um, gets the mask find out that his family is really rich and he's a baron and they play it all for like basically just tongue-in-cheek laughs like this is really we had almost as dark as almost if darcy's staying somewhere in a different room oh my god they retconned that uh oh right guys entire back <laughs> but they play it for like sort of laughs and they kind of like there's a kind of like knowing wink that this is this is just us rewriting a little bit of history and they've like f- framed sokovia as a little bit more than just a random place that gets destroyed Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it wasn't like when I say retcon, I'm not like having a go. At it. I'm just like, this is a good way of just going. Yeah, we kind of want an actual Baron Baron Zemo. We don't right. really want like stern. Like it worked for that film, but what we want here is actual Baron Zemo. <laughs> so, sure. Someone with like uh, connections, uh, a way into a, a criminal underground, like um. I love the fact that they play it almost as if, you know, like last time I said it was like Hannibal Lecter. They play it almost in that sort of tongue-in-cheek, moustache-twirling villainy sure, sure. that he has. Um, and the camp was kind of like quite fun to watch. I think uh, Daniel Bruhl was just on point. Oh, yeah. He um, was great. He's, he's got some sort of like, men- like he he's really fun and playful, but there's a lot like... He, he but also menacing, a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot behind his eyes and he's like quite threatening um, yeah. often. Um, so I was really, I really enjoyed that performance, and I enjoyed. See, that's all that that worked for me. Um, like uh, that side of the the story works, and to say what didn't work, and it, I hate saying it. It's it's the flag smashers. I just can't. I'm trying to sort of. I think I don't know if it's because the name's rubbish. Um, <laughs> or, it doesn't help. But like I, I um. I get what they're trying to do, 
but there's a lot of scenes where we're supposed to occur and like this person that's really important has died we'll give you like less than a, less than five minutes to sort of because we're not really getting to know them right and then and then when they're trying to make them sympathetic um the main flag smasher like burn kills those people um and it's kind of like well she's she's just a, they're just like a tin pot tin pot terrorists anyway so are we supposed to be like they're not that bad or, or like because when they were first introduced they're they're terrorists and it's like actually they're helpful they help people mm-hmm. uh, and this episode's really like um specific because it starts with that uh the the global outreach program like you know the relocation thing mm-hmm. and then it cuts straight to like a military militarized captain america breaking into a german um sort of as the fascist breaking oh yeah into the yeah fascist nation fascist nations like sort of underground that was helping people and so it's like a really obvious with that that message and that theme and it's really hitting us over the head and then we have like um heart to heart with the main uh flag smasher and she's saying about how like life was really hard and how life was sort of difficult and what she got from Madripoor and such forth and then and then when you feel like they're turning a circle like turning a page with her like we should be on her side maybe like everyone's on the wrong side of it apart from them they're like what they're fighting for may actually be not the not a bad thing she right, goes right. and murder people and she's practically like put your seatbelt on yeah and and then she's like, they had it coming. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. So you just, so I thought you were supposed to be like, nice. Yeah. It does feel like just... the, almost like a Batman movie where sometimes they, they're really invested in the villain and not so much in Batman. Here, they're really invested in Sam and Bucky. And not, they don't really, I don't know, the showroom doesn't really give a fuck about the Flag Smashers. <laughs> I think it's like, they're just something out there to cause a little bit of tension between Sam and Bucky and uh sam bucky and the new cap and that's all they're there for and i don't think they really i think they're definitely underserving the villain here because their motivations even though that like you and i dive deeper into this stuff uh you know we're, we're big marvel heads so we get uh, the nuances that aren't said you know it ties into what happened to the blip blah blah blah, blah. but it isn't it, it could use with a little bit more like explicit explanation in the series as to what happened during the blip with them and why they want it back and not, and why we should or shouldn't be following these people. It, they just feel a little bit too much like an afterthought. Yeah. Cause it almost feels like uh, life was rubbish. Then the blip happened. Life got really hard for the main one. She ended up in Madripoor, got kind of like a family, got close to the power broker, mm-hmm. stole the super soldier serum, and now wants to destroy the people people it's basically a revenge plot because she got her family got uh, relocated because of the people that came right, back right in that organization so it's just her making it's a very simple i'm gonna take out on the people that fucked up my family right and if it's that simple you could explain it way yeah easy. that's yeah it seems like they're going through too many hoops and i i generally feel like there's too much what could have easily been simply a better mystery is someone has stolen the super soldier serum from the power broker and the reason everyone goes to match report is the same exact reason someone with superpowers appears kicks mm-hmm. uh, uh sam's friend in and it's the exact same plot but you don't need any of the flags smasher like 
cutting to you could make it leaner by cutting it away from this and then having maybe the super soldiers is more of a mystery later down the line sure um but i don't know and it feels like because the only other thing is um zemo ends up being the power broker at the end of the series but um but um i i feel like they're quite an aimless or like it's 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 a it's too much of a meandering plot point with them yeah definitely too Uh, meandering well because you've got so many plates spinning uh and they clearly want to um sort of focus on aspects like isaiah's blood and his experimentation and sam clearly wants to like bring that to light in the public right and you've got bucky fighting for his fighting against his past and trying to do well then you you've introduced zemo sharon you've got the other captain america i feel like there's a lot going on anyway you don't yes need... exactly and we're, we're three we're three episodes down yeah um in a six episode series so unless they've lied and there's some magically going to be an extra episode um i feel like uh it needs i don't know it needs a little bit more leaner well maybe the next episode we'll just like cut some of the fat and get to the point um quicker but um that's my only my only main gripe is the plot itself is a bit sort of too many threads for one and it could all unravel but it's so much fun to have these characters interact yeah um like i I generally felt bad that i was just like oh in the marvel movies I, i dismissed um sharon's actress um as sort of like Mm, she was just hired because she just fills that simple role but here she's get like much like daniel Bruhl, she's um she's given lots of um room to grow and yeah. to actually express herself to be fair so does all of them yeah. all four of them are given yeah. something to like chew on yeah and it's nice to see them actually like sort of work and play and interact with, with each other i just thought of yeah. um I, I totally agree with, with what you just said but i just thought of another possibility here she could be working for fury in some way sharon um undercover trying to infiltrate magic or something like that uh or shield or whatever and uh and uh so bucky and etc coming in fucking stuff up just like screws with with their their plans uh, that could be a yeah. possibility true isn't shield like is it resurrected now i can't even i have no idea He's in, uh, we just know Fury's in space with um, the scrolls, and uh, there is sword on the on the ground, I guess, uh, which is and also, weird. Also, in, in is it um, not Homecoming? The the other Spider-Man film, the one going around um, with Far Mysterio. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, pretend pretend Fury and um, right. Uh, what's in it? Hiller there, and they seem to have like an organization backed behind them. So right. Maybe there is like a mini shield. Yeah, it could be part of that in some way. Just just throwing it out there as a possibility. I, I don't. At least this episode heavily hints that she's the power broker, but you know maybe they'll they'll explain it a little bit better. But I am a little worried with only three episodes left that that we're, we're going to well, be racing towards the finish here. Well, we're introducing another element as the yes. hanger. Yeah. Um, is a massive element to introduce right at the uh, end of an episode. I generally like, I was generally like saying to myself, I know we constantly um, bag on like Iron Fist and Daredevil for being 13 episodes and most of it's filler. Um, but I, I'm kind of like, 
maybe this one should be a little longer. Oh, right. No, we... <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know, but I do feel like every episode satis- like satisfies most. Like it does propel the story forward. Um, oh yeah. Even if it's not all propelling at the same sort of magnitude. But we we should probably talk about the surprise at the end. But first, maybe Madripoor. Because um, again, this episode, uh, all directed by the same um, guy, I would say. Uh, but this, the cinematography in this episode was a hell of a lot nicer mm-hmm. um, than usual. It it does play the Marvel, as I would uh, I like to call it, the Winter Soldier look. Um, because since um, the Russo brothers took over Winter Soldier, pretty much all Marvel movies have that same. Right, right made for tv just a movie cinematography going on yeah 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 there's some really beautiful visuals don't get me wrong there's some beautiful visuals in those movies but it's very much a specific standardization of like a visual language and a lot of like the the warehouse fight um outside and a few other bits is very much marvel's bread and butter visuals but uh the introduction of Madripoor was quite the um Demi departure from their usual um, bread and butter. Right. And I, I also appreciated the fact that although the skyline was very much sort of like a Hong Kong Thailand yep, yep. hybrid, I appreciated that not everyone in the city uh, was like a, 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 someone from like China or, or or Thailand. It was like a multi a multicultural uh, country of essentially pirates. Um, and criminals right which i found was um it wasn't just like some sort of part of it felt very hokey um because let's be fair when madripoor was introduced it was very much um problematic um, sure. in the comics. so and it's still kind of like sometimes it works sometimes it, it doesn't um but I was I was happy to see it being just basically a den of thieves rather than this place where standing for Asian stereotype lives. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and it was it was interesting that they've got like the the, the obviously everyone's gone crazy because apparently if you include Madripoor it means the X Men exist. Um, but I just I just appreciated it. it was kind of like a nice surprise out of when it like popped up with its name. I was like oh my god and i appreciate that they actually decided to try and do some visual distinction um oh yeah all the place like it feels almost like a i wouldn't say wakanda but it feels like a comic book place like uh marvel's very much grounded in the world outside your window apart from mm-hmm. those specific places like that Latveria, Latveria and that variant right and i like the fact that the ones that aren't real sometimes always look sort of if not mythical, like a place that almost feels real, but right. is from a diff- different dimension altogether. And it was just a nice sort of um, surprise. Definitely. I love the little, bug- little like mo- scooters or motorbikes that are all driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was, yeah, those, and, those like Wakanda, Atlantis, uh, Madripoor have sort of like a 5% imaginary uh portion to them where you're like this this is real but there's also like a i'm kind of watching a movie scene in a good way when, when they're they're visiting these sort of places and i, I thought visually uh especially the skyline was was superb uh i, I love the different tone uh the guide into low town um i thought uh 
it, it felt very much like a seedy uh, Den of Thieves area. Um, I was just super excited that they were even going to go into there. Uh, I was not very unexpected, right? And yeah. there is like that, ooh, there's that tied up to, to uh, X-Men, which is nice, but I, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, this means there's X-Men. It was just like, okay, they're seeding stuff, they're, they're building the world. Uh, they made this this place look like fantastical but real. I, I just really appreciated them going there. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Patch to turn up. Uh, <laughs> top of like I tend, I, I tend, I tend Ian, to, to Ian saying that um, I laughed at some of the people who thought the X Men now have to exist because of that. Um, because I was like, well, I've I've read countless stories about any loads of different heroes going into Madripoor. Right, so right. like, it's like um, the internet went crazy because Sam calls it Skull Island. Um, mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, that means the MCU, in the MCU, the, the, the monster universe exists. So I was like, no, that doesn't, that's him just referencing the film. That doesn't mean King Kong exists. In... <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. You do understand what a reference is. Right? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see King Kong, like, slap some Avengers aside. But, you know King I mean? Kong versus I Thanos? I mean, come on, that would have been, he would have been a great get for them. But yeah, I don't think I just can't believe it's just I think one division's broken a lot of these um websites. Um yeah. <laughs> so they're just trying to find anything and be like <gasps> like the um someone else said that there's King Kong because there's the monkey symbol that they keep seeing. Right. And I was like, No, that's not we're not gonna magically turn up at Skull Island in like episode <laughs> six. And we find out that the power broker is King Kong. I don't think we're gonna that's <laughs> gonna happen. Um you know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was racking my brain to think of what the uh, monkey symbol is because it's in the credits as well. And I was like, I think it's just, mad, it just represents Madripoor. Like, is like a, this is where we are, boys, girls. Because mm. um, like I didn't even know the smiling tiger is an actual comic book character. Yeah, I had no because idea. Real obscure comic book character. I was like, oh, cool. Because you know. Like, um, there's people who come out of the woodwork and be like, Oh, yeah, I've been a Smiling Tiger fan for like 40 years, or whatever. Yeah, yeah she yeah. did. That, those two appearances, you really keep <laughs> on hand. Um, yeah, I, 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 I haven't really like the Easter eggs, um, uh, are sort of flying under my radar quite a lot in this in this series because I, like I mentioned before, I was never a massive cap, cap reader until late, right? Like, Bootbreaker. So, like, all of his early adventures, I'm like, eh? Right. Even though I read, like, Falcon and Cap, a lot of my mind's like, I don't, these characters don't, like, jump into my head straight away. It's all filled with X-Men stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> it can have so much in it at one point. I mean, Chris Evans is so much more, like, uh, charismatic than any Steve Rogers in a comic book. Like, it's so much easier to like yeah. him as Cap than to read through a Captain America book. Starring Steve Rogers, you know. <laughs> I know. I I actually read him now. Like I actually read him like Chris Evans now. Right, right. <laughs> um, he, I think he's the. I'm trying to think. He's the only comic book character I, I read like, like the character on the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like his voice and everything. Right. Um, but that Coates. If you're not reading Coates' Captain America, listeners, everyone to read it. It's fantastic. It really is. Like it generally is one of the best cat runs since Brubaker, I imagine. Um, nice. I guess. 
there's a plug for something to read over the <laughs> coming months. Yes. So, so what did, what did you think of the um, ending with? Uh, Look, I set? think I I I. I didn't even think about like they mentioned Captain or Captain. They mentioned King T'Chaka earlier in the episode, uh, so I guess it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise when someone from Wakanda comes to uh, take out Baron Zemo. Um, but uh, it's it's a relationship that you don't really think about much. That Bucky was there for a while. Like I don't know how ingrained he is with the society or how much they appreciate him or or if they feel like a debt because. He was accused of something he didn't do, um, and and they, you know, uh, T'Challa went after him. But I do like the idea that he's he spotted them. He's going to talk to them almost as if he's on a similar side as them. Like there's a, another like, but Bucky and Sam are a team, uh, and when they're with um, Baron Zemo, they're all three a team. But also they're sort of fighting against each other. And then when Sharon's there, they're sort of with Sharon, but not sure about Sharon. And then to add like, well, Bucky's with. Sam, but he's also with the Wakandans and, and not with um, Baron Zemo. There's a lot of like great interplay and like complicated character or relationship dynamics that are possible here. I like when she showed up. I was like, oh, this is going to get complicated. Uh, I was actually yeah. really intrigued when she showed up. Yeah, I was, um, and I also love the callback that it's the uh, I can't remember her name. Is it Ayo? Uh, the one that's like move or or move you. It's oh, the from, same one. Uh, Civil War, it's the same one. I was like, oh, that's great that they, because yeah. um, I'd never forgotten um, that line. Because <laughs> it was so much fun. And she's like been ingrained in my memory thanks to um, gifts mm-hmm. and such forth. So I was like, oh my God. Um, and I generally thought, well, this is this is going to be more fun. Because are they going to fight to um, stop? Or is, she, is he just going to let her have Zemo? Or, because right. it, it, it was twice now that. What kind of we mentioned because in the second episode uh, when um, uh, Sam's taking the mick out of him and says about you don't call me is it the, don't call me the black you wouldn't call you like the white something and he's like right. no they call me the white bull and um, I was like that's a nice callback and obviously like we've this is like a spiritual this episode was like a spiritual sequel to Civil War right um, with all of the elements so I'm quite looking forward to seeing. Uh, what she's going to do if it's just her or she bought like a ton of Dora Milaje with her right (laughs) (laughs) um but it's another great dynamic and that's why I'm like why are there only like three episodes left because I feel like yeah 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 this is the thread like this is super interesting and kind of complicated do we have like I want this but do we have time for all of this should we just drop the flag smashers for an episode? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe just have like one episode of them all being like, we're evil now and just make it really black and white with them and then just go yeah. on. I'm so like, the more they add other people into this, the more, the, the like, the less I care about whatever the flag smashers are doing. It's really frustrating because the other guy, the guy with her is kind of like, um, this is our fight. And after this, maybe you can be a teacher. And he's really nice. Like, right. he's super nice. Whereas in the episode before, he's just like an, a, a voiceless entity. And then at the end, he's like, looks at her like, you're evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't... That, that's another element to like to put in put in there as well, as if there's some sort of... Maybe there'll be dissent there, and they disagree with 
each other's ethics and each other's because that's a, a good place to play that like the uh, terrorist terrorist motives are they yeah. terrorists mm-hmm. are they freedom fighters? are we ever going to answer these questions are we even going to ask these questions right because um, it but, feels like they're not interested in even delving into that and it's really frustrating because they've thrown out um in the first episode they throw they throw out uh what it's what it's like to be a black superhero right and what it's like to be not tony stark and an avenger um with limited money and what it's like to be famous but still not get what you want um or get the respect that you want after saving everyone's lives right and the next episode they throw the they continue the thread with what it's like to be a black man or black person with powers through isaiah and they're still trying to like sort of seed that but also they're sort of pulling back from that. In this episode, they pull back from that to make it more about right. sort of the, the fun little jaunt with Zemo and his like Bond villain, essentially. Right. And then they try and like add a, sh- a shade to the flag smashes, which then just gets completely erased because they murder at the end. And it's like Sharon's morally gray, everyone's morally gray, but Sam. <laughs> right. No, there is. Yes. I think that, that might be on purpose too. Like in the similar way that that Cap was, he he saw the world more in black and whites than grays. Uh, not not that he he couldn't see complications, but he was sort of like the moral compass of the Avengers. It it, yeah. it does sort of seem like they're painting Sam as the the moral compass here a little bit. Exactly, because it was interesting because um, when Sharon confronts him and says, "Even you don't believe in heroes, or you wouldn't have given up the shield." Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this. That's such a great thread that, that you, you've got this this person who was like protect, right. was an agent of Shield. Uh, she totally believed in Shield. It got corrupted by Hydra, but she still fought the good fight. Um, she went off and worked with some international agency in Germany because that's why she was there. In she was with the CIA, yeah. That's the one. And then um, she um, breaks the rules because she believes in Captain America and she believes in Steve, and she kind of has a crush on him. Right. Uh, as the obligatory straight person. And then all of that's been ripped away. Then the world went to crap when Thanos snapped his fingers. And you've got all of this, like, sort of really interesting character work that's been done in just one episode for her. And then you're like, do we, are we going to see anything else other than is she good or bad? Because mm-hmm. that's the question. It, basically, the question this episode proposes is, is Sharon someone you can trust or not? Right. By the end of the episode. And it just feels like it's boiled down that like the show shows this really interesting buffet of character dynamics and then it boils every single question it has down to just a simple binary choice. Right. And um that's my only gripe with it. It's really fun to watch, but if I have to like think about the thematic gripe, like the thematics, I just get gripes with like the ideas that they're trying to they're, they're like reaching really far, but they don't have the toolkit to articulate because there's so many spinning plates. Yeah. They don't know where they. I, sometimes it feels they don't know which one to focus on more, and it it gets. It's like I just, and then I'm like, mm, I'll just enjoy the the ride. Right. I, I think we're gonna have to just enjoy the ride because they are just biting off way more. They're going to. They went to the buffet and they they grabbed they grabbed something of of everything that looked good, and then they got back to the table and like, fuck, I can't eat all this. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's where we're at right now. But I, I have confidence that hopefully a lot of it will be. Um, sort of tied up hopefully not with like really neatly with a bow or something mm-hmm. um, like i really would hate 
Like the only one that I don't mind would be tied up would be uh, his home life. Like he manages to help secure, or, or his sister manages. Sam's sister manages to help secure like the future for their family. That right. if that's like a happy ending, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> if, right, that's, right, like, right. Really, if that ends up being the depressing part, I'd let Jesus. But um, but it, that that was a fun moment where she rings him. Oh yeah. <laughs> With that really crazily like English chick, um, I think she's English. <laughs> so I'm a little confused, and I've watched the episode since, since the day it came out. When who shoots her? Is that who 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 shoots her Sharon. through the? Is it Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. She's sniping people for him. Is that is that before? But that was before they met Sharon, though. Yeah, it was before. It's almost as Sharon was knew she they were there. Okay. She says, she says that um, um, she says something about because I watched it again and she says something about Zima, either either Zima popped up or someone popped up and um, that's when she got involved because she also shoots shoot, snipes the two um, mm-hmm. bikers as well. So see, she's always saving these people. Right. She. Uh, <laughs> That makes me feel more and more like she's maybe a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. If she's watching them and protecting them. I don't know. Uh, maybe, she, maybe she works in the new Captain America. Oh, God. He <laughs> wasn't really in this episode. Yeah, um, just just enough to make remind everyone that he's a dick so that everyone can send him hate mail. Oh, that's so mean. I, I can't believe that's actually happened in real life. It's so bad. <laughs> What, what, what did you think the character was supposed to be? You think we're supposed to like this dude? Like, he played it well. We're not supposed to like him, and you don't. You should say, hey, great acting job. You made me really hate you. He, and... was, <laughs> he was phenomenal. At the beginning of this episode, he was really good at doing that whole, like, seething anger, hatred underneath everything, <laughs> keeping yeah. it calm. Yeah. Like, when, he, when that dude spits in his face, I generally thought he was going to beat him to death. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but he managed to like sort of hold it until he until he goes outside, is it? And then he's like pretty much shaking with anger. Right. Because um, I'm interested to see. Because that's another thing. Do we there's questions about him. Like, does he have superpowers? Who like is he gonna snap? Is he gonna like full on U.S. agent and like go murder Sam or something? Right. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. I just feel like I've seen interviews with that dude, and he seems like a pretty chill, nice guy. <laughs> like he's playing a role, people. He's not, like, uh, if if someone plays the role of Hitler in a movie, they're not actually trying to kill a bunch of Jewish people. It's just a role. I don't. Uh, that hate mail is ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, just it blows my mind that that anyone would even. Who has the time? <laughs> right. Energy. I I can't even get that angry. I don't think. Um. Obviously, I can get angry at horrible people, but I can't like. If someone plays like, it's like Don Cheadle. Does everyone get angry at Don Cheadle when he just like ended up being a when they recast War Machine or something? Right, right. right. (laughs) I don't mind if you can do hashtag like not my cap because that's kind of actually weirdly funny. Right. Because of the um Nick Spencer. Oh right. <laughs> that always makes me chuckle when I see it because that's obviously what happened when Sam mm-hmm. was captain first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and irony of ironies, Nick Spencer predicted the future. <laughs> <No>. Right. 
<laughs> no one likes new Captain Americas, that's for sure. <laughs> I just feel like that, that's almost like a, a feather in that guy's cap. You, you did the role so well that people in real life hate you. Like, you must have really convinced them. Like, good good on you for, for really diving into that role. Like, like honestly, like, uh, from, from the Excalibros, we want to commend you on doing a great job as an actor, and we're sorry how people are treating you. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay. I just worry, like, if the next, when they recast Wolverine, people are going to freak out this sort of thing happening. Oh, don't worry, we've got the Eternals soon, and that's going to have, like, gay people in it. Oh, that'll, uh, yes, that'll freak people out, yes. Not just, <laughs> like, not just a throwaway comment about someone having a date, an actual gay person's going to be in it. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it only took, what, 20 movies? <laughs> oh, God, then. Well, how many, t- how many did it take until, until we got uh, female? Oh, anything right. like that. Insane. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, well. oddly, oddly still more progressive than the DC movies, so. Uh, yes. There's less of, well, I don't know, you can count all of Batman's and all of the Superman's and all of the other <laughs> Yeah. Because at least, um, well, DC's got, what, uh, obviously Wonder Woman and Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So that's two. Right, um, right. And Wonder Woman. More in, like, uh, tone and feeling rather than actual people, but. It was just a dumb joke. Yeah. So I was being, I was being um, uh, policing, obviously. DC are just miserable anyway. It wouldn't even matter, matter what they cast. It'd just still be like some horrible. Have you watched Wonder Woman 2? That's not pleasant to uh, people of color. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. We don't need to get into that movie. The more I well, think about that movie, the less and less I enjoyed it. Well, why don't we talk about? Um, why don't we see? Is there anything other than other than um, quickly before we go? Right. Other than Sam and um, Bucky, or as I have um, uh, affectionately dubbed the show, Wings and Arm. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you're doing this week, or have you done this week that you would <laughs> read, watched, played, listened to, um, whatever, mm-hmm. or anything you've done personally that you'd recommend um, people do? Uh, if it's it's starting to get uh, warmer weather over here, so go outside if you can, enjoy some of that nice weather uh, if if it's available. Um, definitely check out uh, Invincible on Amazon. Um, I it's it's sometimes gorgeous and sometimes uh, a catastrophe, but uh, it's an interesting watch on Amazon. Um, what else have I been reading, doing? I feel like I'm missing something. Like I, I like I discovered something else, but oh, you know what I've been watching, and it's this, every time I watch it, I know it's a bad show, uh, but I watch it just as something dumb to take my mind off of things. Is the show Nailed It on uh, Netflix? I love Nailed It. Yeah, I love uh, it. I think it, Nicole Byer is uh, hilarious on that yeah. show. Um, she just and, she doesn't care. She, she's no. there for the paycheck, and I just <laughs> <did> it. <laughs> she's having such a great time. And it's it's 20 minutes to 25 minutes of just stupid people baking and screwing it up and having a carefree laugh. So if you, if you need a little bit of cheering up, definitely watch Nailed It. It's, it is TV therapy. Um, yeah. It's really easy watch. Um, yes. How well, about you, Dan? Um, 
I've just recently started watching Black Lightning again, which I dropped off ages ago and decided to pick it back up. And it is really fun. It is what you expect from the CW shows, but in terms of like action and special effects. But I actually really like it. I think the whole main cast are quite endearing and it's really nice to see like um, a strong sort of mm-hmm. black family. It's just a strong family being like uh, and and having like a the whole show sort of enjoys and celebrates its otherness right. as opposed to like this character is just going to be in the corner there. <laughs> and it's really good for like um because uh, one of the main characters um is uh lesbian so it was really nice for some representation there as well sure but um i'm, I'm watching it mainly just because i'm in a, i'm still in a dc kick and i'm really enjoying it i'm still reading saga because it is infinitely longer than i realized um but i'm enjoying <laughs> it um a lot because that's the thing when you get a massive compendium of 54 issues you you feel like should i have a break and read something else but then right. you keep reading uh on um and i just i watched a, I, I watched an absolute shed ton of films recently and weirdly enough the only one that sticks in my mind is the sonic movie oh um because i i got like a free trial for something in the uk called now tv so if you haven't watched the justice league and you want to watch it for free uh they've got like a free trial going on for like seven days and it's on there so I watched the Justice League. I watched uh, Invisible Man. I watched this really interesting film called Sea Fever. Uh, I watched another aquatic horror called Underwater with Kirsten Stewart, which was not good. Right. And then um, I watched quite a lot of other movies, but um, a, a Bright Burn. God, there was a ton. But Sonic is the one that stands above them all. It's just like weird, feel feel good, silly, stupid, irreverent kind of um, thing. I think Jim Carrey is totally miscast and out of place and <laughs> is an absolute is an absolute it's like watching a, a midlife crisis happening in, in front of your eyes but um aside from that it's actually kind of weirdly fun and i enjoyed the whole nice um, hour and a half it was pretty it, it flew by okay um, so, well it showed yeah <laughs> as it's sonic but right. anyway um, yes that's about that's i think that's everything I just it reminded me. I just watched uh, a movie on Amazon last night called uh, "The Dead Don't Die" by Jim Jarmusch, um, who's a, a director I really enjoy. Like a lot of his movies is just sort of like slow-paced, spending time with characters, and that's basically what this was, but with zombies. Um, I I don't know if it was a good movie. Uh, I it's got some good actors in it with some interesting scenes, but. Uh, I, I think it's only if you're a diehard Jim Jarmusch fan should you watch that movie. But uh, sometimes, sometimes I can stomach his movies. Sometimes hmm. mm-hmm. I'll probably check it out though because I've got Amazon. Um, I like to. So, uh, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I like to sometimes read um, the descriptions of the movies, and if it sounds ridiculous, just put it on anyway. Right. Because um, the fun thing about Amazon is you might accidentally um, stumble upon someone who made it in their basement because you can put anyone and so like if you've never heard of it before um i think it's called bad ben but an old uh well i say an old a middle midlife uh dude decided to make his own paranormal activity and he's made like five of them they are so bad but at the same time fascinating all right i think it's called like it's like bad ben and then there's like badder ben and then there's one that's set in the past and then there's one that's set in the future and then there's one that's set at the same time 
even um, better than I, that, Ben. But yeah, the 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 yeah. Sometimes you find real gems on Amazon, right? Just like out of fascination. Yeah. Even if they're garbage, I sometimes have more enjoyment than watching like a full-on studio film. Sure, sure. Um, there you go. All right. Well, well, Dan, where can everyone find us? Uh, you can find us um, at Podbean, www.podbean.com forward um, All our latest episodes are up there, um, both normal and uh, MCU-related. We are on iTunes and Stitcher and such forth. If you put in um, Escalabros into Google, you'll find us all. And on Twitter, if you want to tweet at us, nice things, nasty things, nothing at all, we're at Excalibros1 on Twitter. So there you go. Awesome. Well, Dan, uh, this was this was so much fun, like always. Looking forward yes, to sir. next week watching the, another episode and, and chatting with you about it. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. Alright, well we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh.